Hey, it's Chris Shang again, and welcome to the Dynasty. Um, this is going to be episode 0. 0.5. <laughs> uh, I went back and I looked at the uh, episode one, and I realized before even diving into anything, you don't know who the hell I am. And so I figured I would spend a few moments to go over who Chris Shang is, who I am, what I've done, what's puts me, what puts me in a position to be talking about what I'm talking about. And so uh, that's where I'm going to start. So very quickly, to, without going too much into my entire uh, career or my, my whole uh, experience of, of work, I will just briefly say that... Uh, you know, I came out of college, I had studied business, I went into investment banking, I did uh, sell-side equity research, basically doing the buy-sell-hold recommendations of publicly traded companies. I did that for several years, got tired of it, um, decided to leave that world and, and pursue entertainment and work in that industry. Uh, very drastically different, uh, but what I would say from that is it's something that when I was very young I had a passion for. Um, and I wanted to go and see what it was all about. My, if you if you go on my website www.chrisshang.com and you read my personal statement, you'll know that um, at the same time that I had experienced a a little bit of a tragic news um, with my dad battling cancer and and going through that, and obviously that shifted my perspective largely about my life and just life in general. And so one of the things I quickly realized is life is too short to be unhappy. And, uh, and yeah, and finance was not what made me happy. Um, I will say that it, it, it is great to have had that experience because I feel like that uh, the understanding of data and analytics and that, that craving for understanding data and analytics to back up um, a, lot of my, a lot of my other more possibly you could call creative decisions um, by, using, by using mathematical justification, I think is, it's, it's such a great compliment to that. Uh, and that being said, um, you know, when I left and, and went to pursue entertainment, I literally jumped into something that was very largely creative, right? And uh, I want to say that going through entertainment, I worked in talent management and, and producing and directing ultimately, but working in that world, you really understand and it gives you kind of like your entrepreneurship legs. And I'll dive into a later episode of why I think people who work in entertainment are great entrepreneurs. Um, but Literally at the end of the day, what I would say is I really learned how to craft a story. I really learned how to pitch uh, very well, uh, and and that's something that you have to do. Again, with something in entertainment, it's like everything's so largely subjective. So there isn't, you know, unless you're at a studio and you're greenlighting hundred million dollar film, you know, a lot of it is gut instinct. You know, they don't have a huge amount of data and analytics to kind of give you. To back up a lot of the decisions, I would say ninety percent of the the decisions and greenlighting process in entertainment is is made uh, through gut instinct and through just subjectivity about the matter and about the story and what you're telling. Do people do the money people feel invested into that? Do you have like um, a good cast attached and all that kind of stuff? But uh, if anybody's interested, I can I can definitely dive into my experience with entertainment a little bit more. Um, you know, the the greatest thing that I I left from that world was. Um, was, you know, again, shooting a movie in five days and selling it to Lionsgate, which I think is freaking crazy even when I think about it. Um, 
you know, you could you could pick up the DVD if you want to. It's it's not a great film by any means, not an artistic film. Um, but the cool thing about that was it was a journey for me personally to dive into what the consumer might want, something that I thought was commercially viable and that a studio would purchase. And that's how I formed the story. That's how I uh, that's how I went into that project and attacked it from that perspective. So I think understanding that it was just, you know, it was just a very different approach than I feel like a lot of filmmakers take. Um, and if it's something I constantly wanted to pursue, I think, you know, I, I would urge a lot more filmmakers to look at from a more business perspective, just because uh, it will give you, um, it'll give you the experience, but it'll also just give you like the understanding of what does it take to actually deliver a film? I mean, there's obviously so many things, uh, but I had to go through that pretty much on my own. Um, and, and I think it's, it's a good understanding. It's, it's just a great other way to kind of look at filmmaking. Uh, and it's a good way to kind of build up your, um, your real, your, your, your experience level. It, it's, and, and I, yeah, I just think people should think of it more that, that way, um, on an objectivity basis. That being said, that that's about the good first like 10 years of my, my life, my career. Uh, was either finance or is it entertainment? Um, both two very extremes. Now, the first startup that I went into was with three of my buddies, and it was a company called Simple Tux, and we essentially did online tuxedo rentals, and we targeted the high school market. Um, I still remember to this day very vividly my two buddies coming up to me and saying, and these are guys I've known for 20 plus years, but they came up to me saying, hey, Chris, we're thinking about doing this thing with tuxedo rentals. Would you be interested? And uh, I said, you know, seems like a good idea at the time. Um, but obviously with my finance background, I was like, you know, let me let me dive into this a little bit and, and let me see if this is worth it. Uh, they're, they're my best friends. I mean, you know, they're groomsmen in my wedding. So these are guys that, um, that, I, that if I was going to work with, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we're all doing this for the right reasons and not just doing it because we're friends. And so I dove into it. I, I looked at the men's warehouse 10 Qs and 10 Ks, for those who aren't aware, those are the annual reports and quarterly reports that are publicly available um, to anybody who's looking for them, um, and they're required by the SEC. So it's a good way to dive into the financials and understand this market. Uh, and we realized at the end of the day, Tuxedo Rentals, believe it or not, is a $1.5 billion a year business, and there's really two marketplaces for it. There's the wedding market, which is about two-thirds of it. And then there's the high school market for proms and formals and such. That's about a third of the market, right? So um, so a large part of what we were doing was targeting high schools and partnering with high schools, specifically in California, um, to see if we can monetize on a high school campus. And our, our main thing was, look, let's go to a high school campus. A lot of potential customers are there at any given time. And let's see if we can measure them, provide, collect all their user information, like an email, contact information, um, and their sizing data, and then once the time comes for them to go to a prom or formal, we can just hit them up through, you know, uh, email blast or through a text blast, and say, "Look, we know your thing is coming up, and uh, you're going to need to wear a tuxedo for it. So why not use us?" And we were running a lot of incentives for the school to partner with us, discounts for students, things like that. We got really into a lot of the technical things, which is really cool. Um, and I'll, I can dive into a little bit again more of what Simple Tux means later and what that journey was like. But um, but I spent about a year and a half to, to two years from ideation to like actually executing on, on that business, growing it from zero to over six figures in about a year. Um, 
through this methodology. And, you know, it was a great learning experience. Um, ultimately, I feel like uh, the partners and, and I, we all had differing views of how we wanted to grow the business. Um, and so that's, uh, yeah, I ultimately exited one of my partners. We're still all great friends today. Uh, but that's that's the story with Simple Text. I, I left there and I ended up going to a venture back startup um, doing custom packaging. And um, yeah, I was I'm, was there for, for quite a while and, and really, you know, try, it was really kind of still in the early stages of, of the company and we were trying to determine product fit and, and which marketplace we want to go after. Um, and, and talking to customers, just kind of like talking to um, cold leads and, and talking to, uh, you know, people through outbound reach outs, we were able to start identifying where, where the marketplace was and then, um, and then really building product to fit that marketplace and then reaching out to that marketplace and then telling them here is a problem that we're solving for you. Um, regarding custom packaging and um, and getting them the getting them you know our, our our samples and all that kind of stuff to them so that they can make a decision a financial decision uh, for whether or not you know they wanted to proceed um, literally grew in about three months time uh, three times revenue so for that you know a lot of it is again outbound strategy um, and it leads us to today which is I literally have. Uh, three businesses going on at this moment. Um, one is a acting studio that I've had for a very long time. It's uh, originally called South Bay Acting Studio. It's based out here in Manhattan Beach. Uh, and I've had it for about seven years. The challenge with that business has been scaling it because, um, because it's a local business, right? And right now it's built around the local community and getting people to physically come in and take a class. Um, and so I've been really trying to figure out for a long time, how do you scale that business? And, and I've figured it out and I'm in the process of scaling it right now. Um, and a lot of it's just really taking a step back and analyzing what you have. Um, and you know, where, where are you lacking and what are kind of the restrictions and for any local business or mom and pop shop or small business, um, you know, if you have a brick and mortar, what you tend to realize is your big limitation, biggest limitation is geography, uh, right? So you're limited by 25 mile per 25 mile radius or whatever the radius is of people who actually drive to you to make a purchase or use a service. Um, but there is this really cool invention called the internet that allows us to deliver information digitally. So, uh, so what I've realized is now, um, I'm actually forming a full-on curriculum that I can have and coach to anybody and um, be able to accept a student from anywhere in the world, essentially. Um, and I'm calling this the Chi Acting Philosophy, uh, completely separate. I can dive into that also. Um, but I am in the process of formulating all of the curriculum. Um, it's stuff that I've had ongoing before, but I just never took the time to really sit back and then analyze all that and piece it all together in a cohesive format where somebody can actually understand. Um, my goal with that is ultimately I've hired an assistant. She is now, I've trained her fully with my philosophy and she's taking on a few of my classes and teaching it by herself. But my goal with, with this Chi Acting Method is to develop the philosophy, um, develop the online tutorials and, and be able to train anybody on board and, and create the... Um, standard operating procedures of, of training anybody and allowing me to take a step back and just collect checks from from it. Um, 
but it will take a lot of time for me to actually put all this together. And, and that's one of the things that you guys will, I'll be sharing, you know, along with my journey, how that goes. Um, the next project that I have right now is Renly, which is a more scalable business. It's a, it's a startup that I, <laughs> that I came up with the idea for based on my wife, who is a uh, salon owner in Beverly Hills and also a hairstylist for 10 plus years. But Renly is essentially an Airbnb for beauticians. And I say beauticians because it's anybody who works in beauty um, in the loose sense of the word. So the beauty industry is not a small industry, I'm sure you know. Uh, it's $42 billion business. Um, and out of that, about $4 billion, of, 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 uh, $4 billion is spent on, on physical beauty space, on leasing space. Now, if you go into your barbershop or your, your, your local salon, for example, um, you see a lot of people working there. But there's probably only one, maybe two, people's name who's actually on the lease of that location. And the rest of the people that you see working there are contractors. They're either there um, working on commission or they're there paying a rent to the person who owns the lease. So... What we're doing is is essentially brokering that deal, um, allowing uh, salon owners to maximize their space and allow them to constantly have all their space being booked so that they're not worrying about whether or not they could pay that month's lease. Um, and at the same time, we're allowing stylists to find their place of work or the beautician to find their place of work. Um, and we're, we're matching them together. Um, so I'm not a technical guy, and so my biggest challenge coming into that project was, one, I knew it was a good idea just because I knew it was a real pain point my life, my, my wife was going through, uh, but I wasn't 100% sure. Um, so my first step, because I wasn't technical, was to first prove whether or not it was worth investing more time into this project, um, and I'll dive into this also in a future episode of like how to test a business idea, but that's what I did. I tested it for less than $500, less than 15 hours of my time. I was able to test whether or not this was a good idea using email marketing methods. And I can, I'll dive into it more specifically, but just loosely based, I created a static page, created a very simple call to action, which was literally having a salon owner fill out a, a quick form saying if they'd be interested in this app um, or service that allowed them to reach and find stylists. Because I just from research alone, I knew 90% of these salons and uh, or spas had excess space that were not being occupied. Um, but I wanted to prove that. So, so, uh, that was the call to action. I went out, bought a list of salon owners. Um, very, you know, again, I bought it for maybe $250, got a list of like 30,000 salon owners. Supposedly I'm assuming the list was pretty dirty. I would say maybe, you know, two thirds of the, two thirds of those were actually legit contact information and email addresses. Um, so maybe about 20,000 of those. Um, and out of that, I had a response rate about 25%. Uh, so close to 5,000 salon owners actually fulfilled the call to action and said, yes, I would be interested in this. I am looking for blah, blah, blah. Now, if you go to Renly.co, that's R-E-N-L-Y.co, you'll see what it looks like right now. It's very simple, very clean, very straightforward. I designed the page myself using Squarespace. Um, and I just allowed them to fill out the information and I just collected it onto um, a Google Drive spreadsheet. <laughs> and I ran that and um, realized that there was an audience for that. And then the issue was now going out to build the app. 
which, how do I do that? Um, there's two options, which is one, you go out, you hire an agency, or you go abroad uh, overseas and you try to outsource it for cheap. Um, you run into a lot of problems with that. But uh, fortunately enough, I don't want to spend money on, on something that I'm not sure and I can't interact with and it's going to keep adding up. And I went through that with Simple Text and I knew like how much things can cost very quickly. Um, so I wanted to find people who had a vested, vested interest into the into the product, into the service. Uh, so I went to Co-Founders Lab. It's a great resource. Um, Co-FoundersLab.com. Strongly recommend if you are a biz dev kind of guy like me or a sales guy or a marketing guy, um, more kind of like a managerial, bigger picture guy like myself to go on there if you need to look for somebody technical and vice versa. If you're somebody technical looking for a co-founder who has a bigger picture and can help you execute, um, I, I think that's a, that's a great starting point. So through co-founders lab, through lots of hits, hits and misses, and that's, you, you're going to realize this, but through lots of hits and misses, I ended up finding a, a group of four full stack developers, um, kicked back 40% of equity in Renly to them to help me develop. And so we're, in the, we're, we're currently in the stages of actually developing the app and we'll be launching that in about a month and a half to two months from now. Um, so it's all happening very, very quickly. And, and these are ways again to, to do it. Um, and you're going to see my journey doing it. Uh, and I can dive into that a little bit more also. Um, lastly, obviously is my, my website, my consulting services, uh, chrisshang.com. So that's the other main revenue generator for me outside of my acting classes and my studio. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm going to be documenting with you and sharing with you kind of my experiences in how I grow the consulting business. Um, the consulting business, I know you get like the, the, the cool thing for me is it's, although I'm consulting in kind of digital marketing and digital strategy, I'm not a true digital strategist or digital market marketing guy. So, uh, that may scare some of you, which is fine. And I understand that. But then to me, um, the cool thing about that is I give I will give you only practical things that I have tested either on my acting studio um, and trying to scale that or through Renly or through my experiences at Simple Tux, through my experiences at these uh, venture back startups or working with other startups on a consulting basis, um, what's worked and what hasn't worked. So everything will always be very practical. It won't be, it won't be things that, um, that are vague and, and you should sign up for free and then you get a class and you have to be in digital marketing to understand digital marketing. Um, you know, this is going to be stuff that I can walk you through because I had to learn myself being somebody who's not super technical, who doesn't have a background in this, who's, who's growing from, you know, growing his own businesses, um, to share with you, like, again, stuff that I feel like is tangible. I mean, tangible is so, so important to me because I want to know step by step how to do things. Um, I read a lot, you know, I read a lot of things online to, to help me figure these things out. But, uh, but yeah, I want to help you guys hack through that process a little bit faster make it more effective, more efficient. So you don't have to go through the same things I had to go through necessarily, um, and make things a little bit easier for you. So we have a few cases that we're, that we're going through. So we have the consulting business, which I know a lot of people out there who are, um, you know, doing consulting or trying to grow uh, their coaching business um, or their digital strategist uh, and they're working as a contractor, you know, it's it can be very difficult to do that. And so you'll be learning from me on that level. Um, you'll also be learning from me if you're a small business, local mom and pop, local mom and pop shop. 
um, because of my acting studio. And you'll see how I grow that and scale that from um, just a local business into a larger national business. And for those of you who are involved in startups that are looking to jump into something that you can scale 100 times really quickly, you can follow me on the Renly business. So I feel like I have a lot of these different facets covered. Um, a lot of people ask me if I feel like I spread myself too thin. Uh, I got to be honest, sometimes I do feel that way, but other times um, I don't because I love what I'm doing. I feel like each of these little pockets allows me to uh, to really pull at, um, at my strengths uh, from different areas. And yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a very interesting journey um, for me, but also for you to kind of see you know, all, all these different facets of, of, of different types of businesses, how it's going to end up panning out. And, um, and yeah, if you have any questions again, please, please, uh, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Chris, at the Chris Shang. Uh, again, that's at T H E C H R I S S H E N G on Twitter or Facebook, or you go to my website, www.chrisshang.com. Uh, hopefully this has answered a little bit about, the basics of who I am and why I'm in a position to to do what I am doing. Um, I am literally walking the walk and talking the talk. You know, uh, I don't have somebody cutting me a paycheck. I have to generate my own income, and that's scary as hell. But also at the same time, you know, I've been doing that and I'm used to it. So um, yeah, I, I want to help you guys uh, get to the same point. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye.